today on Kudgan Radio. Hey, everybody, Code Pen Radio uh, 387, I think. I got Alex with me. What's up, Alex? Hey there. Yeah, and, and Marie is on, too. It's a triple. Hey, everyone. The uh, The point of this one is that Alex and I did a podcast a couple episodes back commemorating 10 years of Code Pen existing, which was really cool and fun and and, and a big deal. And I'm still, I still think back on that because I'll about, I'll about write a sentence that, that I'll allude to Code Pen being almost 10 years. And I'm like, oh, no, I can't say that anymore. We are over 10 years old. Uh, which was cool. So that was reflective. That's already out. You can go listen to that if you want. Alex and I went back and forth with five major kind of things we learned and perhaps advice for you. And then I got to thinking like, what? let's give y'all out there an opportunity for this. So just basically on Twitter, I mentioned a few times that we would do a follow-up episode with your question. So an AMA style, ask me or us anything uh, and we got some good questions from y'all. So this show is that show. Let's let's AMA it up. And we've already got our questions here. Marie's going to read them. And Alex and I are going to attempt to answer them. Uh, and we're just going to we're just going to wing it a little bit here. It's not like we spent <laughs> two months researching our code base to answer every detail here. It's just kind of like a, a feel for it kind of questions. Let's get it started. All right. Well, first up, we have a question from Russell Heimlich, and the question is, is being a founder what you imagined it would be? Imagined it would be. Chris, go ahead and take this one. I, I don't want to be Debbie about... Downer up front. Let's, let's sandwich this guy. <laughs> is it? <laughs> okay. Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I can't remember what my imagination was 10 plus years ago. Like, what you know, like I can't jump back into that body and think about it. But I bet there was some excitement, you know, like yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna run this company, and and I 100% <laughs> know that I don't feel that. I don't know. It's not like I'm like, oh, my dreams have come true. But I do <laughs> like being a founder. I like. So having, I think part of what draws me to it is having some degree of like control over my choices and my day and and stuff. Like maybe I'm a bigger control freak than I than I, th- I think in my head. So so that's about right. But did I imagine every detail that we've had to go through all this time? Hell no, that's been crazy. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. My answer to that would be, um, it it is great on on one end. It, it's great, but um, I think there are details that I didn't expect. Like when we started, I realized that I had ideas about how certain things worked where I was so sure that I was right and that I was capable of accomplishing a certain task. And one of the beauties of being a founder is you don't, you can't just hold that idea anymore. When you actually go execute on it, you are given feedback almost instantly at how bad you are. Um, at certain things. And so I've always taken that to heart. I, I find it to be a positive, but day to day I can sometimes when you are reviewing and looking at, at improving, sometimes it can be a bit um, exhausting because you're always looking to adapt. You're always looking to improve, you know, like it's 10 years in, we're still tr- working and massaging on our project management on our estimations um, that I've never been good at for time estimates of delivery of software 
And I've mm. been working in the industry about 20 years. And so, and you don't have anyone to blame, right? Like it's your, it, whatever happened is your uh, fault because you're responsible for it. And so I think that part um, always stuck with me now where I don't get to feel like I'm just on top of the world. You know, I, I we had good friends that uh, had a really successful startup in Wufu and I watched them and I was like, oh, you know, they're, they're very intelligent, smart, but I feel like I could do that. Um and, you know, we, our path has been curvier. Our, our path has been, uh, had more unexpected, um, longer <laughs> hills and valleys, uh, I would call them. Uh, but at the end of the day, like when I step back, I, I, there's nothing else I'd rather be doing. I, I do enjoy it. It is amazing. Um, but that's when I take the long view. When I take the day to day view, you, you're, you're a bit tired and you can pick out all the <laughs> negative things. Um, so yeah, that, that's, a that, that would be my answer to that. So uh, yes and no. And you'll never, everyone's story is going to be different. Um, the web has changed so much. Tech changes all the time. So, and no one's going to have, you know, no one's going to uh, remake, you know, uh, Justin TV and make Twitch ever again. You know, that those are really unique experiences uh, you end up having. And we've had our own path. And, and so it's always interesting because you're not, you're never the same person after a while. Yeah, yeah. Don't you like how you put founder in the question too? Because it's founder is very specific role. You know, I was reading this thread just the other day about about CEOs, and and it was about you know this guy that's hired a bunch of CEOs, and he's like, a good CEO is not involved in the day to day, just just like writing code and stuff. Certainly not, not driving the delivery truck, not cleaning the toilets, whatever. He's just, you know, the vision guy and just making partnerships <laughs> and, you know, rubbing shoulders and getting off. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah, right. That's me just wandering the halls, shooting finger guns at people. Get out of here. I wish. <laughs> we are individual contributors, let's let's say. Yeah. Here at Code yep, yep, Definitely. Okay, let's do another one. All right. So this is one that's going to ask you to look back into your memory banks here. <laughs> this one's from Sean Wang. The question is, what's your favorite temporary hack, we'll fix this later, piece of code or feature that ended up lasting about 10 years? <laughs> I think Sean knows that we just hit that 10-year milestone. So mm, let's Yeah. yeah. I, we were talking about this before the podcast. I, the only thing I can think of is um, GitHub login when we started we had GitHub login with GitHub, um, and we've kept that the whole time, although we have added other social media uh, auth logins and our actual email password login. That was like a quick fix to be like, ah, we don't really want to deal with username, password. Sometimes I wish we had just added more social media logins, but you know, it's also nice to let people log in that don't have an account associated with anything else, specifically if you're coming from like a school and you're a kid. Um, that's really nice. You don't have to tie it to any other account, but, uh, I would say that was like the quick fix that stuck around. And we, I still use that today as my main login for code. Oh, me so. too. I can't be bothered to use my password. I just clicked the GitHub one and note then the GitHub one, not the Facebook one, not the Twitter one. I always use the, the GitHub one for whatever reason. Yeah. It's, it's just part of it is habit and just 
getting used to that. But uh, yeah, it's it's really. I think nice. everybody has their order. You know, you go to some site you've never signed up for before, and it always gives you three or four choices. Everybody has their personal like. If there's if Google's there, I'm going to use that one. If it's not there, I'm going to use this one. But GitHub's always my top. If that one's there, I'm going to use that one. Um, okay, that's a good one. You know, one one thing that occurred to me this I was always like this week, but this week I was in some Rails code, and we have this uh, VS Code extension installed most of us, called Git Lens. And when you're hovering over a line of code, it says who the last person who touched it was and when, because that's just information that Git knows about your code. And it was just some really old Rails code. And it said, you know, Alex Vasquez seven years ago. So not quite 10 years ago, but there's definitely code in our code base that you eventually you run across once in a while that is has not been touched in a very long time. And but it wasn't a temporary hack, you know? It was just some fundamental feature of how how CodePen works. Another thing that happened this this week, though, that I do think is was hackery-ish, is that um Stripe just released this like new release from Stripe. It's this, it's called, you know, the no code customer portal or something. It has some really marketing y name to it. But the whole point is that you wouldn't, if you were building an app today and you used Stripe as your payment provider, as we do of one of our payment providers, you don't have to write like a payment. Um, UI at all in your app. Not only can they go there to sign up, but they can go there to change their credit card. They can go there to change plans. They can go there to switch from annual to monthly or whatever. You you write nothing. It's all handled on Stripe.com. And it looks pretty classy and nice. And I'm like, oh my God, the, all these kids these days have it so easy. Like, wouldn't <laughs> yeah. that be... <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine how much easier it would have been if we just started out with that. We started out with PayPal, uh, which uh, yeah, or get this, have stayed with Stripe. In at one point, somebody I remember these conversations. I'm sure you do too. We are like, there is evidence that's easy to find on the internet that the more payment providers you offer, the more money you make. Revenue is tied to options, at least to some degree. So we're like, we are leaving money on the table if we don't support. PayPal. And we're like, leaving money on the table? That's not our style. We have to offer PayPal. So now we have a, a branch of payments that deals with PayPal and a branch of, of the stuff that deals with credit cards via Stripe. And wow, that was a fork in the damn road because to this day, we are paying a price for that. Yes, we are. Yeah, that that's... Those are the hacks that I wish were around at the time, you know, but uh, we we chose a different path. So um, a lot of people still use PayPal. It's just convenient internationally, but uh, that that's part I of the I don't know what I would choose these if we could go back in time. Part of me thinks we should just not have done it. Like that we that should just not be a payment option, knowing like what could our app could have been if we if none of the minutes we spent on payments were were yeah. all dedicated to something yeah, if, else. If we're going back in time, I'm first of all uh, buying Bitcoin when it was twenty dollars, <laughs> uh, and and I laughed at it, um, and then. Second of all, uh, I would not make a website where you allow people to execute code. That was um, <laughs> sure. lesson learned. Just saying. We're going to go back to our WordPress themes idea. Yeah, <laughs> solid. Solid idea. Yep. Yeah. All right, here we go. All right. So this one, Chris, I think is, is mostly for you. This one is from Avi Zuber. And the question is, between CSX... CSS tricks and CodePen, you, you're probably responsible for a volume of copy-paste production code comparable to Stack Overflow. Uh, I don't, I'm interjecting here. I don't know about that. 
<laughs> have you ever inspected popular sites to see if they're using code that you've shared? Uh, well, sure, a little bit. Yeah, I agree with Maria. Like, you're either uh, underestimating Stack Overflow, Avi, or o- overestimating CSS Tricks and CodePen. If we were anywhere near that market, what did Stack Overflow sell for? Like a <laughs> let's not talk about that <laughs> hundred billion dollars or something. Um, <clears throat> no, but it's you know what was more likely is that on CSS Tricks I would publish something that I like wanted to be used. Like here's the super cool jQuery slider, and then once in a while you'd see that. I I do have a memory of like a what was that? It's it's like it's like it's a little bit like Panda Express. It was a, it was a whatever it was like a fast food place like that, but it wasn't Panda Express, but it was like that. And I really liked the place too. We'd go there all the time. We were in Florida, and they used that slider on their homepage. You know, you could go in there and just look and see that they were loading that jQuery plugin, and it was that was very satisfying. I'm sure it was live for six months or whatever, just due to the nature of those kind of websites. You know, it's nice on CodePen, our code is MIT, you know? Like if it's a public pen and you've just found it because you've just landed on CodePen, you can use that code. So I imagine lots of of code that people have found on CodePen has found their way into other projects. I mean, obviously. Yeah, I mean, I remember one time someone, I think it was H&R Block that or tax cut, they actually linked directly to an asset, a JavaScript asset on our website hosted by CodePen. And then they deployed their software that wouldn't get deployed for a very long time, wouldn't get updated for a very long time. And so people do certain things like that where they'll just link to your to someone's pen, someone's library, Um but uh, yeah, my good dude. I, I, I that was the best story ever. They went into total code lockdown because it was it was tax season, and it's just way too risky to deploy your doing taxes online software. Oh my god! And they're like, "Could you please not change that code?" And we're like, <laughs> "God, we should have been like, how about you cut us a check for a hundred grand?" And yeah, that was before we were uh, willing to do extortion at the time. We were just green. <laughs> <laughs> Or, you know, we we're very new to the profession. We've since added that as a possible way to make money. Um, yeah, that that was uh, people do nutty things like that. But um, yeah, appreciate the uh, comparison to Stack Overflow. Yeah, we'll take we'll take only one billion dollars for CodePen. Uh, okay, what do we got next, Marie? All right, next up from Todd Libby. This is a real good question. We could go on this one for a while. What is one feature you wanted to implement, but for whatever reason did not or could not? Oh, no, Marie, you don't get to go on this one. <laughs> <laughs> you got a whole list that you actively maintain, so it's feel a little well, unfair. Let's not perhaps. open up that scroll. This is for the founders. <laughs> I'm more interested in that. I have, I have a minor one, but I want to know Alex's. It, it's funny because I feel like the, the feature that... I've wanted to implement it. We're actually working on it, which is pretty nice. Um, But uh, as far as things that I've wanted, I've always wanted to implement, um, uh, I'm blanking on the name, the the language, like a smart language type of head. Um, What are those things called? Oh, the IntelliSense type thing? (laughs) Yeah, but like the ones with the language server, basically. Yeah, Um, I know. It does have a fancy name, doesn't it? That that it's like something something to that effect. Um, But just getting real hot and heavy with being able to give more intelligent recommendations and and things like that. Um, LSP? That that is something. Yeah, language server process. Server protocol or plugin or something. Yeah, Yeah. that's it. Uh, Just just so that while you're typing, you get a little bit more intelligent help. But we've always figured out how to do a 
bunch of other things. And um, I, I think we're finally going to be honing in on being able to do nice details like that um, after this release. Yeah, yeah, that'll be fun. That's a, that's a common dream among us is to be like, there's these little things that would be so satisfying and fun to work on. And we all know that we like kind of can't, not because that's a bad idea, but because we just like have bigger fish to fry. But the goal is to not like be swallowed up by these big things forever. It's to be able to be like, oh, next week I'm going to do a little nicety for, you know, TypeScript users because I think they'll like it. Yeah, and I, it's also a function of the size of the website. You know, I actually, I ended up taking it away because it, it got annoying enough and, and buggy enough that I, I couldn't support it. But um, I embedded some sort of code mirror widget where like when you clicked on a color it let you choose a color picker or whatever oh yeah, CSS. yeah 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 little things like that um but at our scale if it's not done exceptionally well it's a bit of a nightmare to support um and it ruins marie's day and uh <laughs> it will ruin my day as well so we because if you're going to do something like a language server or little widgets and things like that they just have to be done so exceptionally well that the amount of support they generate and frustration this generate for the entire community is very small. So that's, yeah. that's definitely something that changes over 10 years. Yeah, and it, the, I, I even remember that color picker thing. And it was like, even at the time, there's so many other things that were fighting for like because you could be like oh you don't like it user well then we'll put a setting in to turn it off but we weren't in a position as a company to be like adding editor settings for complicated reasons uh so it just never became a setting and because we couldn't make it a setting then it was like yeah let's just take it out and so that those are like lessons we learned that were like that inform us to this day they're like ooh, we should be able we should architect for the future so that we can be nimble with settings and believe it or not, we are now. That's cool. One I put I put a little micro one on that I've dreamed about for a long time would be like a search anywhere function. So not function, but like way that's integrated all throughout the app. So let's say you're looking at a tag on CodePen. You should be able to search within the tag. Or mm, you're yeah. on, you know, you, or you're looking at your own profile. You can already search your own stuff, but let's say you've already scoped it down to hearts that you've hearted twice, right? So you've already got a lot of filters applied to what you're looking at, but you can still search. You know, like, wouldn't that be cool? Yes. Or oh, you yeah. could search a collection that has 500 pens and you're like, I know I put it in this collection, but I want to find one, you know, to really be able to combine filtering and searching. Yeah, it would be cool. Uh, that's all doable stuff. It's not like we're sitting around like, I have no idea what technology it would take to do that. We're, we're just like, we all, we are a lot to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, and we're not sitting around like, what kind of hamsters do we buy to make that work? Like, that's something we know how to work, make. Um, cool. All right. What do we got next? All right. So we have next couple ones are questions about favorites. This one, first one comes from Down Under. <laughs> <laughs> it is uh who is it's this is from Rachel Smith, uh who is my favorite coworker. Who is your favorite employee and why is it me? <laughs> <laughs> I love that we kept this in there because she was she, just Rachel <laughs> d deciding to be silly. Yeah, you're gonna pay for it, Rach. You're going in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh Rachel is a good uh just like you're a you're a wonderful employee, Rachel. Rachel is been with us for as almost as long as Marie has, I think. Yeah, it's just a matter of days. And that was just paperwork. We were part of the same, like we came in together basically. Yeah, long time ago. Rachel is, has learned 
wow, you know? Like, <laughs> she even just said the other day, she's like, it's a good thing that we, like, change the, like, the technologies and, and stuff that we use at CodePen because, like, I think she's been challenged just as much here learning new things as she would have if she's had five different jobs, you know? So keep sticking I around. Can relate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, it's funny because I feel like the, the whole team probably feels that way. Like, we've all grown up dramatically. Uh, Miss Marie, you never stop learning things. Um, you're always adding things to your repertoire. And so it's kind of a, it's a cool thing. It's actually something I really enjoy about being here. Yeah, well, it comes from you. You're the, you're the one that's like, everybody's learning Go now. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, a bit of a bit of a tech magpie. Um, yeah, we were responsible about it, though. Yeah, well, thanks, Rach. You're, <laughs> you are our favorite employee. <laughs> and now here's another one about favorites. Uh, this one's from Sue Poo. The question is, what's your favorite part of CodePen? Mm, so many. You get to go on this one, Marie. <laughs> I do? All sure. right. Well, my favorite part of CodePen is uh, the CodePen Spark. Oh, because nice. I write it, <laughs> but also because I like putting it together. And I'm really, really into highlighting the incredible work that people do on CodePen. So that's my favorite part. Well, I'll take an abstract version of that. I think it's cool that like I can like literally wake up in the morning and just be like, I think I'll poke around on on CodePen or on a social media network that where people post things from CodePen and that, guaranteed 365 days a year, somebody has done something cool, interesting, and clever to look at, which is kind of the whole point, right? It just still blows my mind after all this time. Oh, you chose our little app to do that? Good job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I wouldn't say it's exactly the same thing, but I love having seeing what the front-end community does and when we're building things out and building features, being able to support that and keep up with it, you know, um, keeping up with tech is part of the job here. Um, and just understanding what people are doing with front-end, I'm really happy we, we chose to focus on that because it's such an innovative part of uh, programming and just development in general. Um, there's just a nonstop stream of open source products from like, oh, that looks interesting. That looks really interesting. Um, and so the, the creativity when you have the tools and you can see the amount of power that's been added to the front end, like the amount of capabilities and things that you can add, it's always been, it's always kept 10 years on, I'm still like curious about a lot of things um, because of how much innovation happens. So that that's really cool. It's um, very motivating to see. You kind of want to add to that. Yeah, we we're lucked out in that the front end changes so much and has been a real, you know, that's the like the hottest thing in tech is basically front end stuff. You know, we could have, that could have not been true and been worse for us, but thankfully yeah. it is true. Yeah, we're lucky. We have, so much experimentation happening on CodePen. It's so cool to see people just like take on whatever is new. They start tinkering with it right away. And we see immediately like all the stuff that's going to inform how people use a brand new feature. Like for example, like has in CSS, the new has thing. Mm -hmm. All Tons of that's of happening here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's so cool to see it like go from like, oh, this is a concept. This is going to be something that people can do to like, this is what people are doing and this is what people are going to be using in production like real soon. So I love right, that. Right, right, right. I remember when, you know, 
Alpine came out or whatever, there's tons of people playing with that or Z-Dog or whatever. There's just like a, a explosion in it. Or if there's like, you know, some news story about Banksy or whatever, that turns into stuff, you know, it can be <laughs> yeah. like kind of meme work that I think is pretty funny. All right. Next up, we have a question from Jackson the Dev on Twitter, and it's a on-brand question for someone with that handle. Uh, if you're interviewing <laughs> candidates for a senior dev role, let's say at CodePen, what would you ask them, and what would the interview process look like? Hmm, well, we we tend to only hire senior just because we've been so small, and every time we've come up to hire, it's been a it's been a moment where like, oh crap, we really need somebody who really knows what they're doing right now. <laughs> so I'd say we've that's our main experience, and you know, Alex has done the most work here. In fact, I was reminded of a repo we have. Um, earlier today. I think one was one of those dev, those dependabot alerts came up for it for some reason. <laughs> but y- you put a uh, you put a repo together at one point that asked a pretty specific question. Yeah, we have a really because we are developers who create tools for developers, having um, an understanding of that um, is is a big deal. But I think it's it continues to evolve with every interview um, dramatically drift different over time. These days, I like to see what kind of create a project and a set of questions that exposes your your nature in when you develop, right? So we have uh, developers at CodePen, like say Stephen Shaw, he really likes to put polish on his features. He likes putting these like little pizzazz moments, which we all love. You know, it makes the experience feel really good. Um, Rachel's very good at um, explaining a complex idea and documenting it. Um, Dee is very good at organizing things and putting them together. And like exposing that is really difficult in an interview without like really eating up someone's time. Um, so I like to, my ideal is to give someone a small project that it's impossible for them to accomplish because I want to see what they gravitate towards when they're unable to finish something, right? Like where do they put the focus where you have to triage your time. And what I'm trying to do at that moment is mimic the experience that we have because we're constantly triaging our time and where we spend it and what requires effort. Um, And communication is huge. Um, I think I didn't, in the past, I've always, I I almost haven't, I've always said that's like the, the superpower of a developer, someone that can communicate a complex idea to a lot of other people. It's how you go from like, I'm a 10x developer to like, I'm a 10x team, which is really what you want. Um, and so looking for that, that's uh, that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for like, what's in your nature? Where, where do you want to put your effort? Versus saying like, do you know how to make a linked list? Or do you know how to solve this puzzle? Because at the end of the day, when you're looking at, at doing the, the technical skills, we can... S- we can overcome almost any technical problem, but ha- being helpful to everyone else on the team is something that you can't just teach someone. It kind of has to be in their nature where they want to help, they want to explain. Um, at least that's just been my anecdotal experience. You know, um, communication is king, and wanting to help and being interested in doing that. Like we're very lucky. Like we don't 
we don't review people on how many lines of code they've committed and and ha- take that approach because we're developers as well. We know that sometimes you have a negative um, code code line count and you've done some amazing work. So um, just being able to understand that during an interview process, that's kind of what I'm trying to get at. Um, but it's honestly, it's exceptionally hard, especially if you try to balance that with not doing like a six hour interview where you're like, hey, am I employed here at this point? Like, do I work here? Because I've been here for like six to eight hours doing these interviews, you know? And so we try to be mindful of that, but at the same time, get to the root of that. Um, and so, yeah. That's, that seems that's, pretty grown up considering we've hired like a handful of people, you know? Yeah. Um, that That's, it's just, you realize especially nowadays, um, things are getting a little complicated and everyone needs help across the board, right? Like when I say complicated, I mean, I should say more like sophisticated, like the kind of developer development that we're doing these days, um, just judging from industry and what people do, like we're not doing things from, you know, the same thing we were doing in 2015, not even 2017 or 2019. Like we we keep it moving, and I hope that's going to be really reflected in the software that you see on CodePen very soon. But uh, we, it's a it's a difficult process. I don't know if anyone has it right. I didn't even know that was the trick. I'd like to hone in on that just to repeat it for a second. That you give someone a task that's too big for them to do in the time that you get it for them on purpose. That way, the result of their work is the type of developer they are because you get to see which thing they honed in on. That's really funky. I've never yeah. heard anybody. Yeah, cool. I had um <laughs> I used to work at Walgreens guys. I don't mean to brag, but I was uh, I was an assistant manager. Um and so one of the guys that was mentoring me, he was really really great guy. He he was the guy that everyone sent people to to teach them. And one of the little tricks he would do is he would speed up walking, right? Because I'm following this guy around the store. And he would speed up, like do a little speed walk. And he'd want to see if you tried to keep up. Because if you did, it meant you were to him, this is his 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 review, his idea of what it was. It meant that you were motivated to kind of keep up and keep trying and put in effort, you know? And I always love that. And so Granted, we don't work in a store, and if I walk really fast, um, that's not going to prove anything about your development style. Um, but I, I like little things like that, where I don't ask you directly, like, what are your strengths and weaknesses? I like to see if I can observe them. That's just my own personality. Hmm. Yeah. I remember that you know maybe there was a, there was a couple of hires where the, um, we actually did the thing that most people do where you you actually call their references. <laughs> and then when we did that, we're like, wow, that was a good idea. Yeah, it turns out, and they were spot on, which is really interesting. Yeah. That's a little minor one for you there. And not exactly what you asked about, but close enough. I don't have anything to add to that, so. All right. Well, the next question is asking for spoilers. So mm. <laughs> we have to think about how much we want to give away here. This one's from Andrew Walpole. The question is, what can you tell us about the use cases the new version will go after? Are you worried about alienating any current CodePen use cases? So we're talking about the future future CodePen here. Yeah, we've not, I mean, we've alluded to it like a hundred times on this show, so I don't think it's any surprise that we're working on some new things for CodePen. Uh, but we have never told you exactly what that's going to be, and we don't plan to now either, sorry. 
But uh, I think we can attempt to roundabout answer Andrew's uh, question. Right? Yeah, I, I would say, you know, we, we've been around long enough that um, we see how quickly things change and being able to support that change long term is a huge concern for us. Being able to support all the communities and tech that comes out is a big deal for us. And so we're trying to do that for developers with a bit more experience. I think that's what I really liked about the questions. Are you worried about alienating any current CodePen users? Um, I would say yes. There's always that fear for me of becoming Photoshop where you can't even get started until you take like eight hours of tutorial, you know, and you feel inept. It's it's not something that is um, intuitive because there's just, it's so sophisticated. It's professionals only software. Um, and so for us, we've always been the place where you kind of can just get started. You don't even have to know, um, very much about the tech. And so trying to retain that, that's been a real struggle and something that we're putting a ton of effort into. And we, we think we got it, but you know, you'll be the judge. Yeah. Right. I can, I mean, worried is the, like a interesting way to put it. Cause you're like, Am I worried? Yeah, of course I'm worried. You know, worry about alienating some user that that liked us because they liked us, and then we went and moved their cheese or or changed something that they thought was was wildly important. But because we're so worried about it, it makes me not worried about it. You know, it's almost like a Ouroboros <laughs> kind of things. I'm like, man, we have, we have talked that one to death, and it's like, yeah, things things change. So I would I'd like to think that the thing that we're building there's almost nothing that you can't do later on CodePen. But of course, I'm going to be a little wrong because it's not done yet, for one thing. So, like, there might be little things. We're just, Marie was just talking about today, you know, making sure that people get a heads up on what's changing and and so that, that nobody's just, like, wakes up one morning and is like, oh, man, my workflow is ruined now. But I'm just not worried about it. Like, it, this is a... This is moving, and it's it's not moving because like this is how things should be. We're like we're tr- we're working for you, like we're building this thing because we think you're gonna like it, <laughs> right? Yeah, and it, because we think it solves like r- real pain points, you know. Which that that's we've had a really yeah. unique experience solving how you build, you know, essentially web pages for with different technologies and. You know, we want to serve uh, so many technologies. So it's it's been really interesting to have that long term, uh, that experience over a long period of time, uh, because one of the one of the drawbacks of having all these pieces of tech is that every every time you try to add them, it complicates things. So um, we're hoping we can help there. Yeah, well, that's the answer to the first one is that we, we've been around a long time. We know, we we watch, we know, we're front-end developers ourselves. So we know what the landscape of tooling is like. And intimately, we know what CodePen supports and what it doesn't support. And, uh, you know, we want to we wanna bridge that gap in a really, hopefully, intelligent way, you know, so that you can do more things on CodePen. No surprise there. Right on. All right. Andrew sent in another one, it looks like. Yes. Yeah, there's a second one here from Andrew. Uh, This question is, have you ever thought about growing through offering a new product? Not just a feature or version of CodePen, but things like a suite of offerings, maybe along the lines of the CodePen version of Figma, the CodePen version of SVG tools, et cetera. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to make five CodePens. 
buckle up. <laughs> yeah, just put code in front of it. Um, yeah, my take on that is it is so overwhelming to try to make one good product. Um, and we struggle with that and try to improve on that, that I've never been like, I, I mean, I'm brimming with ideas. Uh, if anyone ever uh, catches me in real life, ask me about Four Corners Cooking. That's my uh, personal cooking channel on YouTube that is not on YouTube yet, but I will start that once I'm done with CodePen. No, we're brimming with ideas. We, we love tech. We love uh, all kinds of things. But I think because there's always been a, a big idea that we've wanted to get to uh, at CodePen, um, we've always focused on that. I can't imagine starting another product and almost it would feel like I'd have to abandon CodePen because CodePen itself requires a fair amount of maintenance, a uh, fair amount of upkeep. upkeep. And um, it would feel to me like, yes, it would be fun and exciting to start on something completely greenfield. Um, but then you're right back where you started before and you're not adding that depth. So you're not also serving the people who kind of support you. And so for us, I don't think I've ever truly considered that um, for a code pen where we would just start on something new. You know, we have considered though, is kind of that, and we've dipped our toes a little bit, but it's guided where we're going now. And so I have to be careful about how I talk about it. But, but the, the idea that let's say you supported, like we have a Flutter editor. That's no surprise, right? That's kind of like like what Andrew. That's what you're saying is the the Code Pen version of Flutter or whatever. Now that is a long, weird story, and it's best told ten years from now, probably, rather than right now. But like that that's tricky right that that kind of proved to us that that's a that's a that's a complex road to travel and we like a lot of aspects of that road but have learned from that experience and other similar experiences where like i want the good parts of that and not the bad parts of that and so that's what we're going to do right yeah i mean we have a view editor that's specific to view and a flutter editor that's specific to flutter and so We've learned from that, but the idea of starting like another domain where we, I guess, market uh, it from CodePen, that it sounds attractive, it sounds awesome, but it also sounds like we, it would be difficult to support both. And so we've always been small enough that it's been um, overwhelming to support one thing. So right, and I think you'd have to you'd have to start over in a way. So any, I, I rarely see somebody like just pick up the tech they already have and say oh, this is for nurses now or whatever and have that work out. Yeah, except Stack Overflow, who who seems to do that pretty well, where they like, you know, they, they kind of take that model for uh, specific topics. But I, I've never actually considered being like, okay, let's, let's start, you know, something Figma, something design uh, specific, which is, you know, it's interesting, but you have to build up that trust where people trust you. Um, knowing full well that, hey, I have this other thing that I'm no longer going to focus on as much. So you're asking people to trust you, that you'll support this new product that you're going to invest time in when we, you just left another one, which is, I kind of want to be all in on one thing, you know? Um, That's a good one too. I think, I, we, I remember in the early days when, you know, we, when we were hoping to be bigger than we wanted to, and it, part of it was building features, but part of it, I remember the, the feeling and the conversation was, just wait, because the longer you're around, that's how you earn the trust. 
and right. trust does matter to developers. And now, now we've built it, and I hope we're still building it. And I think that's awesome. Yeah, it's it's huge for people who invest their time and uh, put their code on a website to keep that around. How would that look? Chris and Alex go start working on some freaking other app. You know, not yeah, a good I would look. Have questions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 I, I imagine you would. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I might have a comment or two. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I have both a question and a comment. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, moving on, we have a question from Charles Villard. This is an interesting one. Web dev used to be a quirky personal space, but today it's been commoditized and mined for data. Do you see a world where we bring the web back from this need to monetize every data possible? Or is this just the new reality for future generations to work with or around? <laughs> Does CodePen do that? I mean, <laughs> I almost feel like I could slightly offer an answer to this question, but it's either going to be two seconds or two hours long. <laughs> <laughs> but this is, this is a question for the founders. Well, I feel weird because I'm like, we take your data, we look for analytics, we send it through machine learning models to learn from and stuff. In a way, we're, we're mining your data too, so... Sorry if that's offensive. I want to I want to focus on what what we do with that because when you're saying that we do that so that we can show you better content, but we don't sell that data. So that's like no, that's the key. No that way. it never leaves CodePen for the record. Um, and I think for you sure. might be alluding to the idea of like ad based stuff, like kind of like the way Facebook does it, where they're like, "Hey, do you want to target you know twenty one to twenty eight year old?" Males who live in Iowa or something to that effect. Yeah. We don't do any of that. Honestly, when you when it comes to the that kind of a web, um, I always kind of hope that more people will support small sites and services and things like that. Like I see a lot of um, value in the individual content creator uh, market where like um, there's what's the site where everyone writes and kind of does the newsletter? Um, it's a uh, Substack. 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 You know, you have Substacks and Patreon and things like that. Um, but until people kind of ask for a better web with without all the ads and all the data mining, it's, it's going to be hard to compete, you know, especially when you have like, you know, like I was just hearing uh, Mark Zuckerberg speak on a podcast and he was talking about how they invested $10 billion in their VR AR VR laboratory. And it's like the numbers are so huge. Um, I think that there'll always be this like kind of indie part of the web that's interesting, but the the big spots, like people just get conditioned to the fact that there's ads absolutely everywhere. You know, um, I, I really like cooking and I hate that every single time I find a recipe, it is just sites are just littered with ads, littered with it. It's just like, how, how do you deal with this? Um, and so what I like to do is I, I pay a website called cooksillustrated.com. Amazing. Um, and I just give them money. And first of all, they have amazing recipes. They're really great tasting everything. But on top of that, they don't serve me ads. So it's like, I, I feel like I have my, my part of the web isn't ad ridden. I don't use Facebook and things like that. Um, but until people ask for it and like support it financially, I don't know if that's going to be the 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 main the way people experience the web ever. You know, it's not going to. There's in, in no way is the web just going to be just change to be like it was or something. Like it only changes. It doesn't like time's not going to reverse and be like. You know how you used to like it in 1994. The web's like that now again. 
Yeah, that's I mean, I, I, I think that it's going to go beyond the web. I think there'll be some weird AR uh, experience where we're all living in our own. We're going to just go from like a, a a metaphorical bubble to a technical bubble where everything we see in here is uh, chosen by us. So I don't know. It, it's I think what will break us out of this version of the web will be something that makes us go beyond the web. Would be my take. Um, and so I, I it'll be exciting, interesting. Um, you know, uh, watching all the all the work around the AI stuff like Dolly and um, Facebook just came out with Meta Video, where you can just kind of give it a line and it gives you a Produces little video, video clip. Yeah, I'm just <laughs> like, oh, cool. We're all just headed for our, you know, um, Ready Player One world, but like in a, in a weird hodgepodge way. Like some people will live in that world, and some people will live in the old web. Mostly our parents. Um, you know, they're, they're going to support Facebook till the end, but, um, you know, it, yeah, if you're it, mad about it, Charles, just stay mad though. Right. And be like, no, I hate this. Don't, vote don't with support your wallet, them. you know? Yeah. Vote with your wallet and yeah. your time and eyeballs, everything <laughs> stay off, off those portions of the web. Okay. Well, one left. Yeah. We got one left. This one's from James Deagle and this one, I think we could spend a little time on, Looking back, what is the greatest or largest piece of tech debt CodePen took on, and when did or will you end up having to pay that off? <laughs> yeah, technical debt's a word that gets thrown around a lot. We throw it around too, and like, let's say, let's let's trim it to mean. Oh, I guess you can answer however you want to, but I I, I like the thinking of it as that it's just it's it's stuff that you code that you write and tech that you choose that ultimately you have to pay. Right, it's not tech debt if it doesn't, if it never comes due, you know. Yeah, it could be a tech. I would, I would differentiate it as there's a tech asset, right? There's things that you benefit from, um, and they're assets because you're like, I'm keeping this around. This is good. We're going to keep this around forever. And then there's the debt is it doesn't quite pay pay for itself, and it costs you more to work around it and things like that. That's how I would. couch that the, or differentiate the two that's good i like that i like that so when we picked ruby on rails was that technical debt because that that makes me think no it wasn't that was a tool that we used we still use it it's been around forever it's provided a ton of value like we might be moving off it it might be coming due a little bit but it doesn't like ring that way yeah i would say ruby on rails was something that allowed us to move very fast at the time um and be very capable get the features out and and things like that we just need a little bit more of safety due to the scale of codepen and speed due to the scale of codepen but ruby on rails was a huge asset still is today i mean we can we still uh, mess with it when we need to um we're just trying to like slowly move over to the golang prank program yeah language. so maybe not in the tech deck tech deck bucket you know yeah, i was just gonna say like my version of i i was thinking about this um Someone on the team suggested Redux. Um, we were not fans of the said technology, but um, my in thinking about it, looking at the code base, I was like, I think the worst um, choice that I wish we had improved at the foundational level was. Oh, I can't wait. We stayed on MySQL five point six for almost damn near a decade. I think we've been on Postgres thirteen for a year. Less than a year, uh, actually, because it was we did it right before oh. my, my boys were born. Um, we stayed on this very old version of a database for a very long time because we were just like moving data is scary. That's crazy. That's 
something that yeah. we needed. I remember we one time we moved from uh, one the same version of MySQL where we were running it to like uh, an Amazon service that would run MySQL, but it was the same version of MySQL, and we were too scared to move to a different version of a different database or even a mm-hmm. upgrade of MySQL. Um, and we hired a contractor who was specialized in databases, all these things. And then a, less than a year ago, we're like, you know what? We're going to move to Postgres 13. Um, and we also moved to a larger database. We cleaned up a lot of the problems. And then now, I think this week, a couple of days ago, I was our pen stable, we are CodePen. Our pen stable is by far the largest table on CodePen. And because of the problems around MySQL, this piece of technology, you couldn't add or drop columns without locking the entire website for, I don't know, 24 hours. Um, and because we're a website and we're not a government site, we don't get to shut down at night. So what we, what I did was uh, use some AWS services to move in real time. We didn't even have like true down. I think we had like less than 30 seconds of downtime during the move from MySQL 5.6, which is 30 10 year old technology to a MySQL, um, or I'm sorry, to the latest version of Postgres at the time. And we moved to a bigger database. It's very fast. There's all these things that we do. And whereas we used to just live with 70% CPU. It's almost like, it's not reverse debt, but it's like the debt was not, was not being able to innovate when we wanted to with our database. Yeah. It wasn't and how we, long it took to move. It was yeah. We, we scared. Looking at the database, we coded around it. We cached things in Reddit. We did all this coding where we spent time. We were like, oh, don't do that. And we would we weren't able to rename certain things. And we'd be like, well, actually, here it means this, but there it means that. So we did all these things where in conversations, in meetings, you'd have to explain like, well, okay, that's actually different here because of this situation, but we can't change that. We'd like to change it. We wish you had chosen the right path. And so finally, now that we're on this modern version of Postgres, we can add drop columns, rename things, do all these things that we need to do without having to then go into a meeting and explain why it's completely different for these three cases and then adding tests for those three cases. So you end up work that to me is like tech that way. You're just constantly working around it and coding around it. And all the time, it's just, it's the actual cost to upgrade the database, to have something bigger, better, all that stuff is small compared to the all the confusion, the bugs and support requests and how much time we spent working around those issues. So I wish I had like focused on the fundamental problem, which is like, hey, your database, we can't move it. So let's figure out a way to move it. If we have to build the tools ourselves, we should, but guess what? There's this entire industry is dedicated to building tools for databases. Just use those, and that's what we did, and it's been huge. I, I just dropped, I think it was 12 columns from the pens table, so I cut a third of a table. We had a, our, the largest high-use table drop by a third in, in number of columns because we just had that laying around. I bet long-time users would get a kick out of that. Because remember, way back in the early days, there was like a drop-down, and you could pick between um, like 
different JavaScript libraries, for example, although that one ended up being more complicated. Or you could pick between different CSS resets and stuff like that. And, and, and those things, I know there's different story to every one of those columns, but like then we'd kill the feature because we're trying to move CodePen forward. Not killing features isn't always moving forward, but it was in these in these cases. But we would leave them in the database because you're like, oh, we can't. Yeah, we can't. <laughs> don't touch we, it. You know, don't, don't, don't touch that yeah, table. Just leave them alone. Yeah. 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 We even repurposed some columns because we are like, well, we can't add it. This one's not being used, so go ahead and uh, put that uh, other thing in it. Um, and that don't was, tell people we're the that's worst. That's super fun. Um, so we don't do that anymore. We've, <laughs> we've grown up. We, so I, I think t- t- the more foundational the problem, the more benefit it is when you fix it. And uh, everything for us starts at the database level. Like If that's messed up, everything else just uh, has to pay the cost. We've re- really been good at it. There's been it's been years now of not necessarily just sitting around paying off technical debt, but like, but just like I don't know, sharpening the tools for for a while now, and we're really benefiting from that. It's been pretty cool. I think, yeah, I think like even Redux is like, yeah, we make fun of it, but like, hey, we got a product out with it, you yeah. know, and it works all the we're time. We're gonna rip it out, but it, yeah, it's fine, you know. I, I think back on that whole like ETL project or whatever that had so much promise that ended up just delivering nothing for CodePen ultimately. So that kind of sucked. But that's not really technical debt because we just turned it off. You know? It was for a bit. It was, it was definitely technical debt for a minute. And then we just got rid of it. And then it felt like uh, things were all light and airy. That was the beginning of our database journey. Uh, to to a better place. <laughs> we had one database that depended on another database and was recreated several times a day. It is a long story and a little nutty. Um, and so, but we fixed it by just throwing one of the databases away. So now we run on one DB. I like thinking of you know go, going forward. There's like there's moments that you bring to the table that I think are really interesting. One that we thought about today was how many different URLs there are on CodePen for different things, and URLs to me do represent technical debt in a way that you have to maintain a URL f- forever, or at least I mean there, there's a lot of nuance to this. Depends, but uh, but making choices to kind of trim down your URL usage can be pretty satisfying. Yeah, I would definitely say that um, the URL tech debt is a story that is too soon to talk about right now. <laughs> <laughs> when we when we are no longer running CodePen, I will, I will talk about URLs, but until then, it's just too soon. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's all good. Um, all right, well, that was fun. <laughs> yeah, thanks, thanks for, everybody the for the great questions, everybody. Yeah, yeah, and thanks to Marie for uh, listening to us talk about things that she probably also <laughs> regrets. Uh, <laughs> if, if, <laughs> I just write it all down in my diary. I don't speak about it out loud. <laughs> That's my favorite aspects of this podcast. Sometimes when we talk about something, that it, it ends up being like a meeting. Like well, we had to bring this to a podcast to really get it properly talked <laughs> I'm about. I'm surprised yeah. someone's converted that. Like a meeting to podcast converter, where you just kind of take your stand-ups and just turn them into a podcast. Got to you got to monetize, go. guys. That's the AI. You got to monetize. AI product right there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, That's somebody had actually take that transcript and turn it into tweets. Oh, all right, it was a long one. We better be done. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye.
seven six zero three one eight. 